Okay. So um, our conversation this morning um, was kind of centered around selfishness and how it's a silent marriage killer. And I think was the term was the term that was used. <clears throat> and so we were just kind of uh, talking about that. And I was more so just talking about it from a um, personal standpoint, because I think, you know, uh, maybe within the last week and week or two, it had come up about selfishness. And, um, you know, my husband has mentioned it several times how, you know, in the beginning of our marriage, how he told me that I was selfish. And, you know, the odd part, you know, was that I just I couldn't see it. And so when we started the conversation this morning, um, his question to me, and I think we were really kind of talking about how it affects marriage, but also, you know, people who want to get married. And um, I think his question to me was, you know, pretty much, you know, like, so what did you do, you know, personally to combat that, to change that behavior? You know, and so that's kind of what we were talking about. And um, so one of the things, you know, and I'm, I'm going to just kind of go down the line and share, you know, some of the things I went on and typed it up. You know, first of all, you have to purposely deny yourself and intentionally intentionally think of others. But that's something that has to be done at the same time. You know, and of course, again, I'm talking, you know, just about what, you know, what I did and how I saw it play out and me just kind of looking back on it. <clears throat> um, you know, this mindset of being able to deprive yourself of always treating yourself to something nice in life or, you know, giving yourself something extra. Because when you're talking about selfishness, self-focused, self-centered, you're always thinking about um, what's pleasing to your own flesh, in other words. And so, um, so I, you know, just kind of talking about that, how it really takes you living life in the simplest ways denying your flesh um if you if you're going to have a, a different type of mindset and I think that's when the question came about so like specifically what did you do and even to this day I you know I try to practice that all the time knowing that you know to me that's kind of like pride that selfishness you know if it was ever there then there's a chance for it to um creep up on you and be there and so um you know, of course, thinking of how you can be a blessing to someone else. Um, however, it doesn't count towards your own spiritual growth if you do it grudgingly or with a bad attitude or with the wrong motive. And I think that's something very, very important um, to think about. You can do something for somebody and you can have a mind to do it. But if your motivation for doing it is that you found one little way that you're going to benefit from it, then that's not going to help you grow spiritually, you know, because you're still getting something out of it to please your own flesh. And so um, I had told, told my husband, I said, you know, in the beginning, when you told me I was selfish, what I did, and then I corrected myself and I kind of laughed. I said, no, it's not when you told me I was selfish. It was when I accepted that I was selfish. When I accepted it, then I had a mind to change and do something about it because, of course, the word selfishness has a negative connotation to it anyway. And it's kind of like what was said in the last message. If um, you don't think you're wrong, then you have no motivation to change. So as long as as long as I didn't see myself as selfish, then I wasn't trying to look for selfish um 
actions and or selfish mindsets or anything like that so i wouldn't have changed <clears throat> so i want to kind of uh let you all know how this really came about we were talking about submission and what is it that uh causes a woman not to want to submit like what why is it what what is that the core of a of a woman not wanting to submit and so then we we kept talking and and then selfish came up like we we live in a generation like like i said before you know you heard me say before there are women in the world that know how to submit you know you don't have to be saved to submit and so then what then, then what is it why is it that some worldly women can beat christian women out in that particular category and so then selfish came up selfishness like so what what is how does that play into that well because if you're selfish we live in a generation now where again like what my wife was just saying if the woman ain't getting something out of it then to her it's a sacrifice i, I don't want to sacrifice i need to know that i'm getting something out of the deal so if i do something for you then i want to know that you're doing something for me if that make any sense like and of course that like what was said before that's a silent marriage killer it'll kill a marriage when there's selfishness involved because in other words now you're only doing what you're doing because of what you're going to get out of it and eventually somebody's going to catch on to what's going on and then people going to go their separate ways and so you can have a person that's not selfish and and they're married to a selfish person pretty soon they're going to wear the unselfish person out you know the, you know because really when somebody is selfish they're not helping to tote the marriage you know they're not they're not helping at all it's, it's all and so from there you have to see your motives are wrong in everything that you do because everything that you do get filtered through what is in it for me what's in it for me so then you have to ask yourself so what kind of marriage do you have if something's got to be in it for you for you to do something why can't you just do something out of the pureness of your heart especially if you're married to the person we're not talking about dating but you think about that so what is it that would keep or even keep a woman from getting married today it's the selfishness you know it don't take long for a man to look at a woman and 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 tell you're selfish now you know and and men will walk away from that if that make any sense you know some of you you're, you're able to fool a man just long enough to get him but then some of you can't you, your, your selfishness is so it, it beats you to the man your, your selfishness is there before you get there if that make any sense and uh you know i remember one time when my before my wife and i before we got married we were on the phone i like talking on the phone with her and she did too at one time i imagine and so I remember one day we were talking on the phone and she was about to, she was about to um, do something. And uh, she said, I need to get off the phone. And I said, you, so you can't, you can't talk on the phone and do what you're about to do? And she said, I mean, and she went off. I don't know if you, you remember that day? Mm -hmm. She went off. Now, I'm going to tell you, sisters, now, <laughs> this, this is what worked against her. I was talking to a woman we weren't a couple but i was talking to a woman before i met my wife 
and we would be on the phone, me and this woman, we would be on the phone, we'd be on the phone, and the woman would say, well, you know, I, I need to run to, I'm about to run to the store. And I would say, oh, okay, so you need to get off the phone? She said, no, I can drive and talk at the same time. So she set a tone. She set a standard that it is possible. But so that day, now fast forward, you know, maybe a couple of years later, that day, I'm talking a few years later, that day I'm talking to my wife, and she made the mistake of saying that, what she said, you know. I mean, she went off. And I said, okay, okay, okay. We'll get off the phone. And then, you, you know, you ain't got to fuss about it. And so every night before uh, we went to bed, um, we would pray, you know, when we were still dating, we, we, we'd call each other and pray. And so... Uh, so the time I, we had a, a specific time set for that, and so uh, I called her, or either though she called me, but I knew I said this this can't go on, you know this can't because when somebody's really into you, they don't want to get off the phone with you. Yeah, now I, I did have that kind of sense, you know I I did know that you know, and so uh, I said uh, so you know she called me back. I knew now. I, I I knew this. I didn't want to be in a relationship where I got to wait on her to call because she busy. Does everybody understand what I mean? I'm no. We're not going to even start that. Start it off like that. Well, you know, I go be with somebody else before I'm sitting sitting at the phone waiting on you to call because you setting the tone and you setting the rules for when you're available. See, no, I'm not. No, we're not going to play that game. And so. Uh, Again, because somebody else, and not just one person, but other people had set a tone of, I can do this and that. You know, basically let me know what being interested looked like. Does everybody understand? And so, so that night, uh, we, we got on the phone. I'm sure she called. And uh, because I just determined, well, you know what? We ain't got to ever talk on the phone, you know. So she called and she said, okay, it's time for us to pray. I said, okay, so it's your turn to pray tonight. And she said, just wait a minute. She got quiet for a little bit. And then I hear all this crying. She cried and cried and cried. And finally I said, so what's, what are you crying about? And she said, I was wrong for doing that. I was wrong. Forgive me. And uh, so I said, okay. But, and that, that lightened the load off of me because I, I had honestly determined in my mind, this ain't, this ain't going to last. You know, if, if, uh, because you're not going to dictate to me. I know what it looks like when somebody's interested. Now, here's the unfortunate thing. You can be interested in a man, but your selfishness would, will appear like you're not, if that makes any sense. And that's what, so, you know, it made me notice, okay, so she is interested. Uh, I'm going to say this since it's come to my mind, and I'm going to give my wife the mic back. Uh, she told me that in so many words, that you know the dating that she had did before I came along she was dictating she was controlling when she could be seen if that make any sense she was controlling I can't remember exactly how you said it but it was this idea of I'm not gonna let nobody take up too much of my time if that make any sense and I you know it was like if if a man called her that was interested in her, and even if she was interested in him, he might say, so uh, So, where did you go today? And she would feel like the man was violating her. Like, why are you asking me where, where I was? You know, and so I thought, 
Uh, yeah. <laughs> what world am I living in? <laughs> but that was her mindset. Like, who are you? Wh why are you asking me where I've been? You know. So I, you know, the, so the Lord have done a work, and uh, <laughs> so I just, just so I just want to give you a background of where this this is coming from. You know, the selfishness. This is the reason why it's so uncomfortable for women to submit because if you're naturally selfish, you don't see. So what? What? What benefit? How does it benefit me to submit? Basically, is what it'll boil down to. What am I getting out of the deal? And that in and of itself is enough to kill a marriage, you know, if you get married, if that make any sense. All right. <clears throat> yeah. That kind of goes along with um, one of the things that we talked about before about how people train you, you know, and that's where um, that mindset came from. I was trained um, in certain situations to be that way and it became my norm which is also why it's important when you know something is not normal to not accept it as normal. You know, can you imagine how um, miserable we would have been if you had tried to accept that, you know, rather than just, um, you know, making it known, you know, that, you know, there's something wrong with that. <clears throat> you want to go into detail about how you, well, not detail, but just share what you mean when you say you were trained. Oh, with um, dealing with dealing with certain um, people in my past, you know, I it's, it's just pretty much, you know, when a man, you're dealing with a man and he's not available all the time, you get accustomed to that. And so then that becomes your mindset. And it can be along the lines of anything, you know, in that particular instance, it was availability. But, you know, you can be with a man who's, you get accustomed to him buying you flowers three days a week and then that becomes your norm and then you kind of expect that or you can get accustomed to a man you know uh cussing you out all the time and you accept that and that becomes your norm so um for me it was the you know spending time and you know being away from really just living two different lives is really what i learned to do you know um previously and so and that's the way it was showing up and so it's like you know, you have to be kind of brought back to ground zero to know what is actually normal again, because there was a time when I wasn't like that, you know, but I moved away from that because somebody else set a new normal for me. Yes, yes, that's, that's exactly it. So, um, so I think one of the last things, um, that I shared is, you know, kind of like being, being able to um, identify that you act that you actually are selfish. Uh, one of the things I was telling my husband was that when he first would tell me that I was selfish, I didn't I didn't understand it. And my reasoning was, you know, like I don't give to people. You know, I give all the time. I don't mind sharing. I don't mind giving things. You know, like so I did not understand. You know, when he was talking about, you know, me being selfish, um, I couldn't see it because, you know, I reasoned those things in my mind. You know, if I'm willing um, to give and I don't mind sharing. But what I didn't realize was that even when it came to all those things, I was still thinking of myself first. You know, and that's one of the things that 
was so subtle in it. So you can have a person who just don't like to give and that selfishness is more obvious. But what about when you are willing to give, you are willing to share, you're willing to share your time, you're willing to do things, but you're still thinking of yourself first. And an example of that is um, what I put like thinking of how does this impact me? How does this impact my time? How does this impact my money? How does this impact my ability to um, treat myself? Or how much does this inconvenience me? You know, so when you have to think about all of these things first before you decide, you know, how much you're going to give to somebody, then there's the selfishness, you know, in it that shows up. And that's the way it was showing up, you know, with me with, you know, in different scenarios. And so there were three, um, no, there were four um, examples, you know, that I gave him that I'm just going to share about um, what I saw and um, what I had to do differently, you know, so that, you know, I wouldn't just continue to be selfish. And the first one, you know, like, so in marriage, you know, oftentimes, you know, I might think to get a, I'm going to just use getting a snack or maybe getting getting something at the store or, you know, something like that. I might, you know, think of something that I want and... Um, I would question whether or not, you know, I thought of my husband first or even thought of him at all. You know, that was something that I would have to look at. And, and so sometimes, you know, I will catch like, man, I was just thinking about myself. I was thinking about what I wanted in this situation. And then I would have to purposely put my own personal desire on the background and then and think like, okay, well, what would my husband want? Or let me ask him what he wants. And so I had to retrain myself with my actions and with my mindset. But the first thing I had to do was challenge my mindset. I couldn't even do this thing where I think of something I want and then think of him and then say, oh, well, well, at least I thought of him. You know, um, and I think about, you know, the scripture that talks about us preferring others um, and esteeming others better than ourselves or more than ourselves, you know, and thinking of, of others. And when you're talking about being a blessing to somebody, um, being selfish and thinking of yourself can obviously get in the way. And so when I saw that playing out, you know, in our marriage, you know, it's like it was a hard pill to swallow. Like, man, I, you know, this is what he's been telling me all this time, you know, and what you what you can't mistaken and don't be deceived into thinking that just because you can't see something about yourself that your spouse can't see it or that somebody else can't see it you know it shows up if you have it in you it's going to show up in different areas and marriages because you're close to your spouse and you're living with them it's easy for it to show up there you know more than anywhere else so another example that I shared with him was when I worked um at the law school um, in uh, Nashville, I went through this period where all of my focus was on how, you know, I felt like I was being mistreated or, you know, purposely being frustrated, you know, by one of my old co-workers and how, you know, she was just making life in the office miserable and all the focus was on me and how frustrated I was. And so that didn't make for a very good atmosphere. You know, I'm sure some of my responses and my bad attitude, she was probably complaining about the same thing, <laughs> you know. 
But one of the things I had to do was I had to shift that, you know, and I think it kind of came from uh, the scripture. I think in Matthew 5, one of the, you know, what we call the Beatitudes about how you treat people when you think they're mistreating you, what you're supposed to do, you know, in terms of praying and doing good to them. And so one of the things that I did was I started to purposely go out of my way to try to help lighten her load with work. You know, um, I would buy breakfast sometime if I was picking up breakfast for myself, I would buy her some or just offer to do things. I'm, I created a more pleasant atmosphere between us. And then, you know, without realizing it, you know, the same way, like what my husband was talking about earlier about if a um, wife in the home has a bad attitude, it sets the atmosphere for that home. And you can feel that when you go. And so it's the same way it was in that office, you know, because we were in the office setting an atmosphere. And so other people had to deal with that, you know, and I wasn't thinking about, so that's the selfishness of it. I'm only thinking about me and how I think I'm being affected and what all I have to go through, you know, but when I took the focus and emphasis off of myself, not only did it create a better relationship between us, but for the, the whole atmosphere of the office and everybody else in the office and everybody who visited the office, you know, we're affected by that. Um, oh, I was saying that I, I would buy things, you know, buy breakfast sometimes, just go out of my way to just voluntarily help to do extra work, you know, just to lighten up her, her load, you know, to um, change the atmosphere between us, you know. Sometimes, you know, I would buy uh, gifts if it was just something you know a person like or maybe they're running out of something and you know you think of it just doing things like that really I really went out of my way to change the atmosphere I didn't just wait until a birthday came or whatever you know staff appreciation week or something like that <laughs> you know so um so the idea is that you're actively doing something to change the way you typically were thinking and acting in a situation so when you're talking about being selfish I, and i can't stress it enough the idea is that you take the emphasis off of yourself you deny your flesh and you put somebody else on the forefront and in marriage you know that's going to be your husband because you're going to always have the opportunity there you know i could say um okay well yeah every time we meet for fellowship then I'm going to be extra nice to so-and-so, you know. But what about when you're living with somebody and you're around them every day? You can, you have plenty of opportunities to uh, really crucify your flesh and really um, think of how you can truly be a blessing to um, somebody else. You know, like my husband and I were talking about it, and I think he used the example about how sometimes, you know, he'll ask me to get up and, and grab something for him or do something for him, and, and I'm comfortable already. But it makes the difference if I get up with an attitude and I sigh real loud or I make it known I'm tired and I'm already comfortable versus me just getting up to do it, you know, um, without all the extra. You know, it makes a difference. And so, um, though, you know, that those are the types of things. Even, um, and I'm going to just say this, even with, with fellowship, um, and I think we kind of talked about it with food, um, before I think my husband mentioned it maybe about a week or so ago about how you know he's he kind of just okay I'm gonna set, accept whatever you cook in place before me you know I don't want to you know get out of this being too choosy you know not that he won't ever 
get specifically what he want or ask for it or not that I won't ask but the idea is to get out of this mindset of just always catering to your flesh you know and that's um one of the things I was sharing about um I want to say the drinks because that was kind of my mindset with the drinks you know I told my husband I said I, w- I will look and sometimes you know I look on the account one of the things I I I, I don't like w- being wasteful um, in anything. I don't like being wasteful um, with food or anything, any resources that the Lord gives us. I, I just, I don't like being wasteful with it. And um, so there were times, you know, like we have fellowship and there might be like six, seven, eight different drinks and, you know, just a little bit out of each one. And I'm like, okay, surely we can do something different. You know, some of these drinks can just be safe for the next time. You know, and then I was just kind of thinking, like, you know, where is this coming from? And, you know, I just thought, you know, it's not going to hurt us to, you know, we have water, tea, some apple juice or something like that. You know, and it doesn't hurt to minimize what your personal taste is. You know, and I was uh, just thinking, like, if if we eat three meals a day, seven days a week, that's 21 meals. And I'm telling you... We we have to check ourselves if we can't forego one drink from one, two, or three meals. Our our personal preference, you know, like we we're spoiling ourselves too much. You understand what I'm saying? We all drink water, you know. But that's just an example of the way I personally change and adjust my thinking. That okay, well maybe I don't. This may not be my drink preference, but I don't have to pout about it. You understand what I'm saying? I don't, I don't have to because if it, it will be a never-ending journey if you get on that road and stay on this kind of you know like that um, statement that my husband said the Lord spoke to him the spirit of this world is never satisfied and I tell you ever since I heard him say that it you know almost like scared me straight like okay I want to make sure I don't have some insatiable appetite towards you know pleasing my flesh basically you know, in whatever form that might come in. And so, you know, that's just one of those things that, you know, we can do stop and, 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 you know, just kind of stop and take a look at, you know, what the, um, mindset is that we have in certain situations. Um, and so this is, um, another one situation that I, I shared, um, this before, but I think it was from a different standpoint, but one of them I told him, told him about, you know, was like in motherhood with me. You know, of course, we were talking about blended families tonight. So, you know, that's been um, a big thing. I always reflect on where we started. And, um, you know, if there's just anything that I could have done differently and needs to do differently going forward, you know, just to keep us a family, basically. And so I was telling him, you know, in motherhood, I was trying so hard to make my non-biological children see me as a loving mother, um, which put emphasis on me, if that makes sense. I was just more concerned about a reputation, basically, and how they viewed me instead of putting the emphasis on what they needed in the beginning, you know, which was wisdom to help them transition into a new life. And I tell you, sometimes, you know, I've thought thought about that and I was like man I could have you know I could have taken the time to learn a little bit more background information learn what what all played into um just life before I came along 
you know, just just take an inventory of things like that, you know, and I said, um, you know, I was telling him, you know, like just taking the time from the very beginning to figure out what they really needed to transition into to a new life versus and um, mo mostly focusing on their needs. And it would have automatically translated into love to them, if that makes sense. I was so busy in my mind, like, okay, I want them to know that they're not being treated differently. I want them to know that I love them. I want them to know that I accept them. But all I really had to do was, is just like, you know, in the situation of going into a marriage, you know, you show, you show interest and it translates into love. Oh, you, I know you love me because you're interested in me, you know, type of thing. But, you know, I was just, I was trying too hard in the wrong area because I was too concerned about, um, developing a motherly reputation, you know. So with that, you know, I had to switch the focus from my reputation to their needs and in doing what I was able to do, you know, just being able to consider all the factors um, that were now affecting our family, you know, from past and present. So um, just, I guess, kind of my lesson in all of that was, well, not necessarily a lesson, but kind of a reminder that, you know, when you're too focused on yourself, you can't help anybody else. So as long as my focus, as long as my focus was on building that motherly reputation, then I was missing the the greater piece to the puzzle, which was really just taking the time to get to know our new situation, to know how to know how um, to really um, help, um, help in the situation. Because I will readily admit that I was very, very excited about, you know, our marriage, the blended family. Like, I, you know, of course, I had told my husband, you know, before, like, I from the time I was a child, I always knew I wanted at least eight children. And so um, I was super excited about it, but it was an immature, naive way to enter the situation because it was kind of like, oh, well, I accept this, so everybody, let's just all accept it the same, you know, but obviously, again, you have to think about all the factors of the situation and consider past things that have happened that are playing into it and present, you know, present day things and really, um, you know, figure out what's going to be the best way to help the situation come together as one, you know, like what my husband mentioned on the uh, broadcast, the actual wedding ceremony was, you know, that was just one piece of it, you know, like it was a great, great thing, you know, like everybody writing their vows and actually, you know, speaking their vows about, you know, their vow to the family. But, you know, after that, you have to live every day and things change and things happen. And, you know, you have to deal with situations and things like that. And so um, the most important thing, um, and, I, you know, I did get to that point, but I think I wish I had the mind to start off that way, you know, um, not trying to prove the whole evil step parent doesn't exist kind of thing but just you know <laughs> deal with the family unit as it is so um that was the selfishness in that you know how i um 
kind of had to focus on myself at first and and you know how that just wouldn't have worked out and I wouldn't have been able to be a mother um I would not have been able to um bring anything to the table had I continued to focus on myself in that you know in that particular manner and so the last um example that I wanted to share which um you know I was telling my husband I said it's not something that I've necessarily dealt with I don't doubt that I've had a mind uh, or convicted about some kind of conviction about it at some point but I, I couldn't think of a situation but it's something that I still really really am watchful of because it's a very subtle way that selfishness can come in um and it's you know I was telling my husband sometimes whenever he may shop or you know purchase something or whatever um a lot of times I'll do shopping and I'll put stuff in the cart and it may sit there for months because um, it's something I know I want, but I may want to keep looking for something else or maybe I'm trying to decide, do I really want this? You know, and if I go back in two months and I still want it, I may, you know, get it. But if um, he's purchasing something and I suddenly remember my desire to have something, I start checking myself immediately, like, like. Um, is this desire surfacing right now because he's buying something and, and I'm having this mindset of where you're spending money so I can spend money? You know, you're buying something, so why can't I? You know, um, and that is that is a wrong mindset to have because, number one, it kind of promotes competition. It promotes this idea that you're on the same level. Um, and then you get to thinking about yourself and you'll be trying to outdo um outdo your spouse and thinking about I guess kind of putting the focus on you it can kind of foster this mindset of oh where well you're thinking about yourself and you're buying for yourself so let me look out for me you know and so that's one of those things that whenever there's some kind of purchasing going on no matter how big or small I'm always checking my motive for why you know I want to and it doesn't mean that I don't buy something whenever he's buying things but I'm just always checking that because that's something that, you know, it's not a mindset that I want to develop. So, um, you know, basically, uh, kind of like we started off in the conversation, the first thing I had to do was admit that I had selfishness and um, intentionally look for ways to do the opposite of what I had been doing already so that I could come out of that. <clears throat> and the key word is intentional. You don't just wake up one morning and snap out of selfishness. You have to purpose in your heart, I'm going to do, and it has to be continual. I'm going to do things for people without expecting anything in return. Even some self-gratification because I'm doing something for people. That's, that's, the, that's how sneaky selfishness is. You can, you know, a lot of people say, well, I'm a giving person. Well, you just, you, you got your reward, just like what the Lord said. When you're doing things to be seen, that's your reward. So it shows you that how sneaky selfishness is. You know, and so when you think about especially a relationship as, as sacred as marriage, you know, uh, you, you have a whole lot of opportunities to be, for that to be exploited. You know, that to, that's the number one reason, one of the number one reasons why marriages don't work today. You know, because after a while, people get to the point where they're just looking out for themselves. Well, you ain't looking after me, so I'm going to do me. And then, you know, basically when you get to that point, the marriage is over. You know, the marriage is over. So selfishness, listen, think about what happened when you were growing up. 
your your mom might tell you, uh, I want you to watch your little sister. To, I'm about to go to the store. I want you to watch your little sister. And if she tell you, and I'll give you a quarter when I get back. I'm going to buy you some candy when I get back. Right then, she's, uh, or he, you know, if it's, if, if it's your father, uh, they are training you that you can't just do something just because you're being told to do it. it it's got to be something in it for you. So, you know, you don't, you don't bribe children to do stuff. You're going to do it. Did you eat? You like the food? Good. Okay, well, you're going to do it. Does everybody understand that? So you don't bribe children because that's not a good thing. Because they grow up thinking, okay, so what am I, so you, you mean to tell, you want me to, you want me to cook? So what do I get out of the deal? You see? So, you know, you don't do that. You don't bribe children into doing what they ought to do. Does everybody understand that? And so when, when you get to that place, uh, I'm telling you, selfishness is the reason why this very thing we're talking about now, that's the reason why so many women today have a hard time submitting because they don't see the benefit in it. How about this? You get to grow old with the person you love. Is that benefit enough? Does everybody understand that? Yeah. <laughs> so let's, let's take heed to that. Purposely, purposely do things for others without all these calculations like what my wife had brought. Because I had no idea until I married my wife that there was a such thing as being selfish with your time. I had, I had never in my life heard of that dysfunction. I, because I always, I thought people thought like me, this is God's time. I wasn't even saved. I didn't have to be saved to know that. So I, I didn't know that there was a such thing as people thinking, okay, so how long is this going to take? What is it going to, I never, I didn't think people, I just thought if you love people, it didn't matter. You just going to do whatever. So I, I didn't know that the devil went that deep. I, I really didn't. I just, you know, I just, I didn't know that. But, you know, it's one of those things you think about. It. If you go into a marriage with that kind of mindset, you know, when it ain't even just about marriage. You'll kill relationships. Just any relationship. After, you know, <laughs> so... You know, the Bible says, the Lord said that in the end times, in the last days, that the love of many would grow cold. And that's really what it is boiled down to. And one of the main ways we see that is through selfishness. Selfishness. What am I getting out of it? You know, you think about it's so many that that selfishness, it has so many tentacles to it. You know, like my wife is explaining about being a being a, a, a step parent to, you know, to my children and how she she wanted to prove she was going to be a good mother but in, in but all the while ignoring the the issues at hand you see and so that's what selfish but see that's the deception of it you can be doing something good and still be selfish that's that's the danger so that's so people sometimes they figure well if I'm doing something bad then I need to check it if it's something bad I need to check it but you can be doing good things and still be selfish Think about this, what Paul said in the 13th chapter of, of 1 Corinthians. Though I give my body to be burned, if I have not love, what does it profit me? You know what he's saying? I can give my life for you. I could literally lay down my life for you. And if I'm not, and so, and I could do it for a reason other than love. In other words, isn't that something now? So that's something for us to think about. Let's, let's not 
let's not be selfish. Let's work on that. Let's and I when I say work, I mean that work on that. Purposely go out of your way not to be that way. That it don't it don't just leave automatically. Uh, mom and daddy should have taught us. But since they didn't, God is here teaching us today. You got to get out of that. Does everybody understand that? I'm telling you. Other than that, you're going selfishness eventually leads to bitterness. Selfishness leads to isolation, and isolation leads to bitterness. Because after a while, selfish people, turn that down, tilt that down some. After a while, selfish people come to this conclusion, nobody cares about me like I care about them. They eventually, that'll come out of all of them's mouth because in their minds, I've done all of this stuff for people. Listen, if you're taking inventory of what you've done for people, that's your example that you're doing it for the wrong reason. It's selfish. Does everybody understand that? And so my prayer is that we understand that. You have anything else? I'm just going to briefly um, just say something about um, dealing with selfishness in children. And I know we've said it before, but I can't reiterate it enough. Have your children to serve you and to serve others and acknowledge, you know, when they're doing it with a good attitude, you know, acknowledge that sometimes you don't have to throw a party for them because you don't want to train them to look for praise because they're doing something. But you do want to acknowledge it as a good characteristic that they should have, that they should be happy to help people. And um, again, they're in the house with you every day. So the best way to train them in that, in that is to have them serving you all the time and doing things for you and others, you know, you and your, your spouse, you know, husband and wife, mom and dad, you know, and just doing things so that they can um, get out of themselves. And um, one other thing, I think I, I might, I don't know if I mentioned this before or not, um, how, or I might have, might not have mentioned it from this standpoint, teach your children not to put so much focus on themselves. Um, it's really cute when they start talking and they surprise you with some of the words that they come up with and their understanding of things. But one of the things that I've noticed just with some of, you know, like the, the children that, you know, uh, some of your children that I'm around all the time, you know, when they get something new, they want to express it and tell it, you know, and, you know, that's fine to an extent, but you want to teach them not to put so much emphasis on themselves where they're not looking for praise because they have on a cute dress or whatever the case may be, you know. So when they come talking to me about different things, and a lot of times it's going to be after a sermon, I went to the store and my dad bought me this or my mom did this or whatever. And I always turn their attention to the word. What did you hear Apostle Bolden say in the sermon today? And I get to asking them questions, you know, let them fill in the blanks and things like that. So that's something else you want to train them not to put so much focus on themselves. Don't let them talk about themselves so much um, so that they don't get into, into you know, all this self-centeredness. You know, so that was just something else I wanted to say about children. And I tell you that if nothing else, that's going to be a turnoff. Does everybody understand that? Yeah, that's that's your biggest turnoff. A man or a woman, they'll go on a first date with you. If all they hear about is you, you might you be lucky to get a second date. Does everybody understand that? Uh, so unfortunately, that's the society we live in. The the uh, 
<laughs> the real world society, if that makes any sense, where everything is about us as individuals, and that, of course that's not God's will. Learn to learn to get to know people. That, I mean, really, genuinely, genuinely. It, that you know, it should not. That should not be a second thought to you. There's some of you sisters, y'all call my wife and y'all have a whole conversation. Then y'all say, oh, so how you doing, Sister Bolden? Like, that's that's not a first thought. I've been thinking that it, that's the craziest thing in the world to me. That you asking about how somebody else is doing. Like, you have to, like the Holy Spirit have to come and punch you upside the head to say, hey, won't you ask about somebody? That's how they doing. Like, that shouldn't be the case. Does everybody understand that? And so, uh, <laughs> I, I, I tell you what, I learned through the school of hard knocks. I called uh, my aunt one time, my daddy's uh, last living sister. I called her, and she wouldn't, she wouldn't talk very much on the phone. And so then I called her daughter, who, who was raised as my daddy's little sister. And uh, I said, yeah, ain't many least. She don't hardly talk on the phone. And uh, she said, yeah, she usually get going with the, hey, how you doing? You know. And, I, and so she was teaching me, you have to learn to care about people. You know, I was calling to get family history stuff. But she was teaching me, you have to learn to care about how people are doing. You know, at how they feeling. Do they even feel like talking? You know, and things like that. And so all of that goes into that. You know, you, you, know, you don't want to just assume. Because sometimes people assume that, well, you're going to be there. You there. What else you got to do? You're in the ministry, so you're supposed to talk. You're supposed to listen to me when I call. Does everybody understand that? So you you have to get out of that that mindset. Start thinking about how other people are feeling. They might not be feeling well. Does everybody understand that? I don't know when the last time, you know, people are hardly ask me that. Brother Bowling, is there something I can pray with you about? Is there something, you, you know? And so things like that, which of course, that don't bother me. But, you, you know, we ought to have a mindset that we all need prayer. Our life is bigger than us. Does everybody understand that? Life is bigger than us. And so, you know, let's be caring about people. You know, let's be caring about people. You know, I think about uh, I was my favorite wrestler was the junkyard dog. And uh, one of the I was after he died, I was reading all these notes that people were writing about him and. Uh, he was known, he would travel from city to city, from state to state, from country to country. And if he met you and sat down and talked with you, it might be years later, he was going to remember your name and call you out of the crowd. Let's think about that now. That, but, you know, you have to be paying attention to people to do that. That talk, that that made me know I got to step my game up. You know, he he could see you in the crowd and know your name and he, he, he'd meet you backstage talk, to talk to you. Isn't that something now? But that, and that was over and over again. You know, that was one of the things that he was known for. He cared about people. That's what I liked about him. He cared about people, see? And so, uh, th that when you care about people, when you genuinely care, you're going you gonna to want to know about it. And to me, w recipes are not to be beating people. Right. Does everybody understand that? Yeah, that ought not, that ought not to be beating people. Does everybody understand what I mean when I say that? You know more about recipes and what to cook and how to cook than you do about individuals. You, does everybody understand? Yeah, that's what I mean. Whatever your interest is in life, that ought not to be beating flesh and blood. 
Does everybody understand now? All right, you got anything else? All right, so we pray y'all take heed. Let's purposely care about people and 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 remove the selfishness. Let's move ourselves out of the way, you know. And 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 that's that's where love comes from. See, that's what how people know that they're loved. Does everybody understand that? I want to say this last thing again. When my brother was killed uh, in 1979, I didn't know that he was my brother. Nobody had told me that he was my brother. I'm going to put it that way. Nobody ever, because we didn't have the same mother. He would come by the house, but we didn't have the same mother. He called my daddy Big Daddy, but other people called my daddy Big Daddy. So I didn't, you know, he wasn't calling the same thing that I was calling. So I never knew that he was my brother. How did I find out? Because a grown man was coming to my house and taking me places. That's how I knew. So I didn't, he didn't tell me I'm your big brother. He treated me like I was his brother. And so that's how people know you have the love of God when you have love one for another. Does everybody understand that? That's how you, they know that you're his disciples. And so let's, let's work on that. Let's be disciples, you know, because I'm telling you, this right here is the key to having a successful marriage and, a, and, and, and having successful relationships. Just genuinely caring about people without your own considering yourself, without considering how much it's going to cost you. Does everybody understand that? All right. So my prayer is that we'll get it and we'll do better from here on out. All right.